Hi everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. I'm Courtney. And we are here to talk about American soccer. All right. Yes. USA. Yeah. USA. Sports can make us happy. Yeah. Bullshit. It was a wild experience after the Tech and Saints seasons to actually feel something while watching a sporting event. Hey, now. Yeah, hey, well, no. the Saints blow dogs for quarters. But the uh, yeah, U.S. men's national team uh, beat Iran 1-0 to move on to the knockout stage of the World Cup. That's what we'll be breaking down. That's what we'll be breaking down in enormous detail on this episode yes the Netherlands yes. your... attacking you know all right step one what's offsides <laughs> well what do you mean i don't know we have to start from the basics we haven't talked about soccer at all so okay, we have to you mean what what is offside in in football, football? or football <laughs> in soccer both should be the same it's the same word we didn't beat england so we don't really get to push that narrative too hard Offside is where you are in front of the nearest defender when the ball is played into you. In front of the last defender, I should say. If you're in front of the last defender and the ball is being played into you, that is offside. And maybe our football team, our American football team, got the definitions of offsides confused because I don't think our passing game was able to get behind the UAB defense at all really, on Saturday really against the not Blazers. This. Oh, Nathan's segues have been pretty good. Just got to keep us on track. But yeah, let's talk about the UAB game, if only so we can immediately stop talking about it. And it was I want to hear everybody's 90-second recaps, because I feel like everybody has something different to say about this game. Really, there, there's not much to say. They sucked ass all season. Move on. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Well, I'll, I'll expound a little bit on that. Do the last quick game recap of the year. The first 20 minutes of this game was a defensive slugfest. Turnover on downs, punt, field goal, punt, 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 punt. But then UAB discovers that they can just run the ball instead of forcing a passing game. Two huge runs, and suddenly it's 7-0 UAB. Tech's offensive woes continue before we finally get the last square on our bad special teams bingo card filled with a blocked punt returned for a touchdown. 14-0 UAB. Didn't we have a field goal? I thought it was... It is, yeah, you're right. Fourteen to three, UAB. Does it really matter? Yes, <laughs> damn it. Yes, we did not get shut out. Yeah, we did not get shut out. I guess that wasn't good enough because Jack Turner enters the game at quarterback for some reason, and Tech immediately goes three and out. Literally, I was not paying attention to this game. I don't know what I was doing, but I heard his name and looked at Nathan and was like, "Did they just say Jack?" Turner? Why is he in the game? <laughs> yeah, even the announcers didn't want to believe it. I think the color guy called him Liddy a couple more times before he eventually realized the other quarterback entered the game. Oh, you mean Tom Herman? Was that Tom Herman? It was Tom Herman. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it too bad? Tom Herman <laughs> yeah, was on the call. Yeah, wow. Tom and that's too bad for Jack Turner because you know they really should say his full name. What's his full name? Jack O'Lantern Turner? No, his middle name is Meoff. Get, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Jack me uh, off, Turner. Yeah, we, uh, we got it. Fuck you. <laughs> One more time. So anyway, uh, Jack, yeah, can Jack we, can me we off get a clean Turner. read on that? Jack me off, Turner. Okay. <laughs> so UAB got a field goal, and then there was another Tech three and out. Yeah, to get us back on track, I guess. But then Tech found another bad special teams play in the playbook. A fake punt in completion. That gave UAB the ball back at the Tech 35 with only a minute left in the half. So weird. immediately in field goal range at the end of the half. Just just why? So but, weird. What a weird. 
I don't get it. Luckily, Miles Brooks was able to bail out the bad decision making, making an interception in the end zone. And Jack Turner, whatever you want to call his middle name, is able to get enough of a drive together to set up a field goal. And Tech goes into the half down 17 to 6. The second half opens with five straight touchdown drives. Unfortunately, three of those were by the Blazers. And now it's 37 to 20 UAB. Tech goes three and out. UAB goes three and out. Jack Turner throws an interception. UAB goes three and out. A good smoke punt return sets up a short touchdown drive. 37 to 27 UAB with six minutes left. Three and out UAB again. Tech is able to convert one fourth down, but when faced with a second, they turn the ball over on downs again. Don't want to keep using that word, but this game was very repetitive. The Blazers get the ball back and bleed the rest of the clock to win this match and go to a bowl game with a final score of 37 to 27. You know, they had me thinking at the end that there was a slight, slight chance that I we could potentially I, get it. No, I never once got that well, impression. With, that first, with the first fourth down conversion there when it was 37 no. to 27, I was like, maybe, but no. Uh, I've seen enough of this team. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing to me is just all the three announced by UAB late in the game, but you knew that Tech wasn't going to be able to camp- capitalize on them. Mm. Any other year, we blow this game away, we send them home, and we send them off to the American Athletic without a bowl victory this year, or a bowl game at all, but we've seen this team. They just don't Sadly. have it. No, they suck. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this is a team that's kind of forgotten how to win, how to take advantage of those situations. How to this game, not maybe as much as, as some of the other ones this season, which I, I guess we'll get into, but there's definitely no killer instinct. There's no, like, sort of feeling that, oh, we're we're actually in this game with six minutes left. You know, like, the defense did their job. They got UAB off the field, but then the offense just couldn't, couldn't get it going. Um, yeah, and it, it felt like, this was a weird game statistically, I think. Like, you mentioned the passing game didn't really get going, but our running game did, which is kind of weird, right? Like, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, Marquise Crosby had a really good game, right? Yeah, he was actually outshined by uh, Thornton, who had 132 yards on the night. But, I mean, we were talking about how Crosby only needed 100 and something yards to get to 1,000 on the season. He doesn't quite get there. He only has 72 on the night. But if you had told me that Tech had rushed the ball for 220 yards in this game, I would have been shocked and probably thought we would have won it somehow. But instead, we gave up 406. Oh, my God. I hadn't oh seen that. Oh, my God. 406 yards on 43 rushes. 9.4 yep. yards per rush. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I knew it was I mean, bad. I didn't know it was that bad. And that's bad. only rushing. Add in the 91 yards for passing. Who cares about that? Well, I know, but UAB <laughs> has almost a 500 yards on us for this game. Like, like. Well, well, I mean. Dwayne McBride set the UAB school record for most rushing yards in a game. I um, honestly great. wanted to see him go for yeah. 500 that game. I mean, it and would have been interesting. I saw in his three career games against Tech, he's averaged like 215 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. Neat. <laughs> they were calling uh, him the Bulldog Killer because he has these great games against us, but I don't think that's anything special about him. That's just kind of been our MO, is that we yeah. allow ourselves to be killed. That's the whole thing about this game. It's like... This is not a good UAB team. They are not good. They had negative one passing yards at the half. Tech is just down <laughs> that wow. bad. Like, this is, oh, I'm honestly surprised it was as close as it was on the score, but that's mostly because of UAB not being great this year. Oh. Like, if this was a, a normal Bill Clark UAB team, it would have been closer to the UTSA score. 
Well, Bill Clark's team's never had a good offense, so to be fair, but so you're telling me, okay, so full disclosure, I didn't watch much of this game. I, I decided to go hang out at my uncle's uh, ranch land, which you made the right call. You probably did. a better decision. Ranch land? Um, Is that a yeah. theme park sponsored by Hidden Valley? No, it's, no, it's, he bought, he bought a ranch um, in the it Texas Hill Country. Ranch land? No, it, well, it's called Skull Ranch, if you must know, but. Is he a Vikings fan? He is a Vikings fan, but we're also I love Norwegian. I want to meet him. So. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll be best friends and be sad every anyway, playoff season together. You're telling me 74 yards of these 91 total passing yards came on one freaking play. Yeah, I guess so. Like yeah. Trey, yeah. Shar- Trey, Sh- uh, Shire, which is a tongue twister of a name had one, one reception for 74 yards. And I believe that was in the fourth quarter. Wasn't it? Yeah. He kind of blew, blew the game open at that point. So they I had think. like, t- they had like 15 <laughs> yards passing outside of that. For some yeah. reason, I mean, Dylan Hopkins ends the game with a quarterback rating of ten out of a hundred. <laughs> Their winning quarterback has a rating of ten, and we lost by ten. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. Oh no! Like, uh, I mean, UAB's not good, but weird, <laughs> awful. We're arguably worse. Arguably, yeah. um, arguably, definitely. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Tech did not go, and also died like they have so many times this season. Can you? Can you? die if you've already been dead for like half the you season? You can kill a zombie so yeah, I want to go ahead and say yes. <sighs> what level like the headshot at the end we? of the movie. Yeah, except we've been shot in the head so many times that we can no longer feel pain. This is like, what, our uh, sixth time? Anyway. Yeah, this game was bad. The decision making, even by the coaching, is the thing that you want to be able to say, well, I feel good about next year. You have the weird fake punt call. You have the pull Landry Liddy for Jack Turner thing, which seemed odd. Unless you want to speed run how many quarterbacks you can use in a season. Uh, I just don't understand a lot of these things, and it's not making me very excited for next year. Yeah, so let's go ahead and then talk about the season as a whole then. Still, oh, it, definitely, it definitely was a whole. Yeah, a whole lot of nothing. This team, it, it feels weird. We have a 900-yard rusher. That's something well. nice. Eh? Uh, let's see, is there anything else that makes us look good? Not really. <laughs> the, We've done this before. We were four and eight. We talk about like we don't talk about the 2013 season with Skip Holtz the first year. It's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those, but it honestly feels worse. It's not even close. It's not even close. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel different. Far worse this time. You feel different, Josh. I do. 2013 was worse for me because I had expectations for some reason. I went into this year expecting to win two games at most, and... It was fine. It sucked, but it was ultimately fine. Like, I don't, I'm not that crushed like I was watching us get destroyed by Army in a rainy cotton bowl or watching us blow it to Tulane at home. That was fun. I got to see Joe Montana. I walked right by him. He was hanging out in the hall, in the corridor at the jail because his son was the starting quarterback for Tulane. I wanted to go up to him and ask him for an autograph, but I didn't because I wanted to leave him alone. Well, it might have been one highlight of your night that night. And, yeah, you're right. On the, uh, but the 4-8 season in 2013 is nowhere near as awful as this season. Uh, this season was far worse. I talked myself up into unrealistically lofty expectations. Uh, if we could go back and listen to ourselves in the season prediction or whatever you want to call that episode everyone here or i feel like i'm pretty sure evan and nathan both like i did thought we might have a chance to go bowling insanity uh yeah 
So so obviously that didn't happen, but uh, it just sucked. It sucked the whole way around. Historically, historically woeful defense, uh, probably the worst rushing defense in La Tech history. It's awful. Uh, I don't want Scott Power to come back. I know he will because, of course, he will. He's a horrible coach and should never come back. But uh, I'm Bad really news disappointed. For you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Cumby, I'm really disappointed in because he made some of the stupidest decisions and some of the most anemic play calling I've ever seen. I don't give a fuck if Landry Liddy uh, thinks the football is a golf ball and thinks that he's Tiger Woods in the middle of the rainforest. Uh, get him good to go out there and do it and spread the ball out because when he actually did throw some deep balls against FIU, he looked pretty good. I was really disappointed with what I thought was uh, kind of cowardly play calling. Uh, so the coaching sucked. I don't want to harp on the players, uh, but some of them didn't perform very well. But what makes this season such a dud isn't just the fact that I <laughs> that I got carried away at the beginning of it thinking they could win a lot of games or enough to go bowling. It's that it feels like the team has no heart. There's no pulse. Just feels like uh, got either the either there's no one in the locker room trying to inspire these. I mean, it's not just about football. These kids, ninety nine percent of them are going to graduate and never play again. But it feels like there's no there's no culture. It just kind of sucks, and that's why this season's so much worse. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to need to wait to see how next season goes before I kind of put the final stamp on it because I think we could have said the same things in twenty thirteen about it feels like there's not this culture because we're not in the locker room. We're seeing what we're seeing on TV. Uh, but right now, as things stand, I'm with you. I, this looks like I'm not feeling great about how next season will go. I do want to very quickly, you mentioned what we said at the beginning of the year. I pulled up our blog post previewing the season. Oh, man. Um, Evan, here is your uh, best case way scenario. More well, okay. Best case scenario. I, I know. I know. Calm it's down. your best case scenario. I just want to Calm read it because down. it's it's funny. It's funny to read now. It's a new day in Rustin. And with that comes a lot of question marks. Let's pretend for the sake of this question that literally everything goes as well as it possibly could within reason. Matthew Downing is named first team all conference USA. <laughs> the Harris Knott brothers combined for 20 touchdown catches. And Greg Garner looks like Kenneth Dixon out there. Yikes. Yeah, you go on to eventually uh, yeah. say the absolute best case scenario is nine and three. So you got it backwards. But uh, yeah, I mean, Josh, you had it at five and seven, best case. Nathan, I know. don't pass God, yours up. Nathan said the, the absolute best case scenario this year was going to be an 11 and one is not off the table. Yeah. Nathan, who was on crack. <laughs> <laughs> I usually am. It takes a lot of effort to edit this podcast. I don't judge me. Oh, um, I did also say for the worst case scenario was zero and twelve, but uh, I think I, well, I, I said like one and eleven. You said yeah. one and eleven, and Evan, Evan said two and ten. I am praying for zero and twelve next year. <laughs> I I am praying that we go zero and twelve. It would be funny. Least. I'm desperate to go 0 and 12. This is how I felt at the end of last year, watching us lose to Southern Miss and everything. I was like, man, we should have lost even more games. Well, the stupid thing is, is that Tech went to overtime against FIU and Rice and had the games flip flopped. Tech would have ended up five and seven, which is nuts considering how shit the team is. Yeah, this team played honestly one good game this year. All right, so I'm gonna jump in now. This team's not that bad, y'all. Y'all, y'all are Bullshit. sitting here shitting all over them. They're not that bad. Yeah. The they things are. that you said 
were true. I, I was troubled by the some of the coaching decisions, like some of the play calls. I was troubled by, you know, the like we said earlier, kind of that lack of killer instinct. And I think that's been missing from this team for several years. I, I don't think we've seen that since 2019. But if you look at, you know, what do we expect from Sonny Cumbie? A, a pretty good offense led by the passing attack. Sonny Cumbie had to play four quarterbacks this year. We didn't have to. Well, he had to play three <laughs> at the very minimum. He ended up playing four. And he he brought Tech to the 31st overall passing offense in the nation, 267 yards per game. Now, the running game, which was really, really bad in the first, let's say, seven, eight weeks, picked up from being about 125, I think, up to number 100 in the nation. Started uh and I think a lot of that was due to the offensive line play getting a lot better throughout the season. So I think I think his name's Nathan Young is the coach of the offensive line. He did a good job this year, if nobody else did. Um, yeah. The defense was was atrocious. And I mean, if we're looking at it, that's the reason why we lost several games. But using injuries as an excuse is is not really something I like to do. But like Imagine if Parker McNeil stays healthy down the stretch here. Imagine if he plays the whole Rice game. Imagine if he plays at FIU. Imagine, you know, we saw what he did against Middle Tennessee and then we didn't see him again. So I don't think we're beating UTSA, but all of these other games between, you know, that Rice game when he goes out and the end of the season, those games are all winnable except for UTSA, right? Like we lost two games in overtime. We lost to Charlotte by five. Then we lost to UAB by 10. Now UAB, they ran the ball so effectively against us that they probably could have beat us anyway. But I just don't think you can write this off as like a terrible team and and everything's bad and we're we're going to be awful next year because X, Y, and Z when like there are some positives here and we didn't have we didn't have Sonny Cumbie's guys in here. We didn't have time to establish his whatever culture he wants to establish. That doesn't really happen in year one usually. So I don't know. I'm not writing off the whole season as a loss. I think, you know, I wish we would have won these games. Right. But, and I wish Landry Liddy had not been pulled in that last game. I have questions about that, but, um, you know, I just, I don't think we can write off the whole season as terrible or, you know, I'm not happy with three and nine, obviously, but like it was year one, we had low expectations until we talked ourselves into high expectations that weren't fair. Well, you're not just wrong. You're stupid. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a cat in the hat reference. Uh, <laughs> but you are, you are, look, I get it, man. You're super optimistic. You're, but such a, such a, what you're everything you're saying sounds great. I'm not going to predict next season. That's not what we're here to do. No, I didn't predict I, next season. I just said, I don't think it's fair to look at these. Baby. No one's saying next season's going to be bad. Going to the natty. Uh, we're going to win a natty? Oh, okay. Vanessa, cool. we're going to the natty? Oh, we're going to. Okay. Oh, we'll just go uh, to the natty. We yeah, we're just buying tickets. We'll just go. Yeah. We'll go. Yeah. Paying Temp our expectations a little bit. Yeah. But Noah, I'm not saying next year's going to be bad. Uh, however, I would like to go on record to say I do think next season will go badly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the. Unfortunately, we don't have the easy one in Nebraska anymore. What's that? We don't have the easy one in Nebraska anymore. They fired Scott Frost. So, Josh, did you kind of give your take on the, the season? I mean, I was just going to talk about how is, you know, as good as the offense was with Parker McNeil. It was absolute booty water without him. Um, I mean, 
you, you kind of look at some of the stats we put up and outside. I mean, honestly, like you look at the middle Tennessee game, probably shouldn't have won that game. We only got lucky because their team just collapsed entirely. We didn't do anything on offense in the second half of that game. One you by know, 16 points. I mean, that's not fair. I would say it is because <laughs> in the second half, we scored 13 points. One of those is off a short field. No, one of them wasn't off short field. They were all three off a short field because one was off a pick six. And then two were field goals because we couldn't move the ball at all with the offense. I think Lydia. we won because of Tech 22 riding around in the Bugatti. We won because Cunningham threw three <laughs> interceptions. Yeah, that'd be so defensive Same performance thing. out of us. You know, and then, you know, we let Rice outscore us in the second half of the game. You know, when we played them, you know, FIU, we let them outscore us in the second half of the game. We just, I don't know. The offense is not as great as we expected for someone with such an offensive pedigree. And it's fair enough that, you know, you're throwing a freshman quarterback in and it's kind of tough, but the play calling just kind of disappeared with Liddy. Like anything interesting kind of disappeared with Liddy in the game, which is unfortunate because I think he's pretty good. It's just. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. It's just, you know. I mean, and I got excited after the UTEP game and seeing, I mean, and UTEP's not good either, but like it just felt like, the offense was clicking. Parker McNeil was in the game. He wasn't hurt. Like it just seemed like things were going well. And if we could have kept up that momentum through the season, I, I think the outcome would have been a lot better. But you know, I mean, ifs ands and buts. And right. I mean, I mean, you're right. Not. If if Parker McNeil was healthy the whole year, we would probably go five and seven at worst. At least I mean, five and seven. Yeah. yeah. And the, the biggest thing with that UTEP game too was that we jumped out to a twenty to three lead at the end of the first quarter, and then UTEP couldn't run the ball because they didn't have time to, because they had to fight their way back into the game. Without the passing attack being as proficient or prolific, I need to pick one, as it was in that game against the Miners, if our pass offense is that good and we're able to score points that quickly and that efficiently, then we don't care what our rush defense looks like. But when our pass offense is not clicking, that's when all the holes on the defensive side of the ball start to come out. Because our pass defense, while not perfect, at least at the, in the secondary, was pretty good this year, at least eyeball test-wise. So we were set up as a team that if a couple other things go right, the dominoes cascade in a way that we actually have a decent 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven team. Not something to write home about, but at least something that we could feel pretty good about moving forward. Potentially but instead, the bottom of the conference. Yeah, but instead yeah. we have the team that ends the year with how many losses in a row? Uh, ends yeah. the year with those two overtime losses before we have a win that gives us some hope, and then we have the three losses to end the season. It just we missed. We said at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, it felt like we were a quarterback away from having a good team, and I think that's still true by the end of the season. Is that we were a good quarterback away, whether it was McNeil being on or what? But if we had great quarterback play throughout the year, I think that we would have been gone. We would have gone bowling. Yeah. I mean, now the season's over, a team is actually going bowling. Get it? Bowling? The sport? We're a bowling uh-huh. school. We are a bowling school. <sighs> I don't and know, man. Even... It's, it sucks because, like, you can see that there are clearly some, there is talent on this team. Um, but I don't know. Co- I'm not going to blame it all on coaching, but it is his first year. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to get better with the talent that we do have on the team and, like, you know, figuring their way out. But, because, like, I don't know. I just don't want to dog on the team as a whole because I do think we have some good talent there. It's just series of unfortunate events unfolding. I think a lot of it's, like, 
first year head coaching things where yeah the maybe the offense you know stumbles a little bit in the second half and that you know doesn't quite put up as many points but i don't know can always hope for a second year leap like skip had the first season's awful and the next six or seven or whatever are very good yeah the the other thing too is that when skip came to town he had been a head coach a while uh, he had several years of coach, head coaching under his belt. This was Cubby's first year as head coach. There are things that you think you're prepared for that you find out on the job that you're not. That does, It doesn't matter what job you have, even if you're just moving up in the organization. Every day you, of my you life. find yourself <laughs> <laughs> finding out things and learning things that you wish you had known a year prior. And so there, it's very possible that maybe not play calling things or or who knows what, but there may be some things that Cumby is able to learn from and, and become a better coach because of this year well when skip was introduced as head coach evan and i were at that press conference and uh that we snuck into um and so he we said, were invited students were invited to go were we invited yeah well everyone except uh, you too he's still snuck in anyway yeah just snuck in anyway walked in like we owned the place we were the only students there that just took up the invitation anyway we went to the press conference and skip made a comment that when he first became a head coach at UConn, he uh, remembered going into his office and sitting around and he said he opened the drawer and expected to see a manual there that said how to be a head coach. <laughs> and, oh yeah, like you know, an onboarding manual. <laughs> yeah, there is there is no onboarding manual for this. I hear what you're saying. Uh, it still felt like Cumbie was way in over his head. A lot of these play calls, I don't give a fuck if it's his first year as a head coach, uh, made me think that he was he was on the crack. Uh, because some of it was just so stupid. Yeah, some of my crack has been missing, so maybe that's where it went. It could have been, but uh, I, I it, this feels like it's just dragging on with depression. But uh, the and only drugs. person here who's been kind of optimistic is uh, is Evan. So I mean, does anybody else have anything that they kind of? Well, how about how about this? How about we like give one thought for what tech needs to improve on in the off off season getting ready oh for that's next easy year. oh it's very so easy like, I think not, you don't have to necessarily be optimistic <laughs> just say like what is one thing that would make this team better oh i got it already i got it already i got two things uh stable quarterback play fire scott power <laughs> all right <laughs> josh you want to go uh a competent defense fire scott power <laughs> <laughs> okay so courtney what what do you what do you have I, I think this kind of goes along with being able to like have our guy at quarterback and sticking with it, but just, just consistency among the team, among the offense, being able to get those plays to go, not making any, you know, as Matt would put it really bad, just out there calls that have you questioning the confidence, the competence of our coach. Like I just having consistency is going to be key to us being able to do something next year. Yeah. Uh, my answer is waiting. I think because the thing that we can do is become more senior. We look at the offense and look at who actually made an impact on the field this year. Trey Harris is a sophomore. Cyrus Allen is a freshman. Landry Liddy is a freshman. Marquise Crosby is a freshman. If you look at defense, does anyone without looking at the stats right now, who our leading tackler was this season? And Courtney, you can't answer because you're looking at my screen. Um, It's going to be someone in the secondary. It's probably like um, Miles Brooks or something. I don't know. I'm going to say Carabin. Carabin second. Uh, it's Hugh Davis. Hugh Who? Davis. Yeah, exactly. He's a linebacker. <laughs> he's linebacker. Isn't he like, nine. Uh, he's Grubbs, like Indianapolis. Yeah, with Tyler Grubbs going he out, I think that was... a grad transfer. Yeah, but he'll be back next year, even though he's a junior. Tyler Grubbs will be back 
uh, and hopefully well-rested after his injury. He's a sophomore. I'm not sure how medical red shirts and things like that work. But this team was young this year, and I think that if you had a young team, a young head coach, they have a lot of room to grow and a lot of room to learn together, and that that could be a huge positive moving forward into the future because we've seen some CUSA teams that are just full of seniors. I'm thinking of UAB a few years ago full of 30 and 40 year olds who are just able to dominate like actual seniors yeah because they're able to pull from the 401k to get some extra yardage so if we're able to keep these guys on the team i think we'll be in good shape cannot wait to get fucking attacked on twitter decimated podcast um mine is gonna just be so so this season we had co-offensive coordinators in jake brown and scott parr who coached wide receivers and tight ends but I think it was pretty clear that Sonny Cumbie was like the OC and the head coach. I think we need to we need to either make someone a dedicated offensive coordinator, um, kind of like Joe Sloan was for Skip. Like Skip always called the plays, but he had Joe Sloan there as the OC to kind of take on the planning, take on the, you know, here's what we do in these situations and give Skip the plays to call. Um, I think Sonny Cumbie in his first year, you know, Matt, you described as being way way in over his head. I agree with that. I think he was trying to do too much too fast. And if he had that backup of that assistant coach, who's supplying him with the plays to call saying like, Hey, here's the, here's the call sheet for second and eight in the second quarter. You know, Uh, I think that would help him with stuff like, Hey, when do I take a timeout or when do I not go for it on fourth and eight from my own 35, you know, like that, those sorts of things were the things that I, I think we were all, kind of scratching our heads at especially later in the season um and shit even in this latest game he did one of those things right where it's like dude what are you doing just punt <laughs> and i, I think earlier i think some of that is just like he's just got so much on his plate and and he hadn't really handled all that before so i think getting that like true offensive coordinator in would really help free him up to focus more on on some of the other stuff even if he still calls the plays also, some defensive line recruits, please. Yeah, and we'll talk more about next year in the offseason. Yeah, hopefully we'll feel a little bit better about moving forward into the 2023 football season when it's actually 2023. Yeah. But for now... I mean, we can't really even speculate about that because like, as of today, the transfer portal is not even open yet. So yeah, it's hard, hard to speculate about next season right now. Yeah, but we can't speculate about the current basketball season because it's underway. So it makes it pretty easy to speculate about. This past week, the Bulldogs faced off against three different teams, all in this great state, I guess, of Alabama. Against Alabama A&M, Samford, and UT Southern. Uh, All three were wins, and all three were probably closer than they should have been. Well, I guess UT Southern was a 91-47 game, but even that's cutting it a little bit close against a non-Division one opponent. Yeah, the Alabama A&M game... I think was definitely closer than we were expecting it to be. I was, well, that that game was super frustrating. Yeah. The final score ends up being 80 to 75. Of course, Alabama and A&M coming in was Owen five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They finally, they're on a two game win streak right now, bud. Could have been three. Yeah. I think it was more of them, like putting it together and us not really, locking down the defense the way we should have under Hester. You know, things just weren't clicking. I'm actually not too too unhappy with a lot of the stuff I saw in that game. No. Uh, Fucking uh, Taron or Teron Williams coming off the bench for 20 fucking points was awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
he looks like he could be a contributor this year. Oh, absolutely, man. I uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of uh, I really enjoyed watching him play. Is what I'm trying to say. And when you come off the bench and score 20 in uh, 16 minutes, yeah, that's pretty efficient. <laughs> pretty good, man. Uh, 18 of those 20 points were off. He went six of seven from three point land. He tried to take a two point shot and missed. That was the only time he tried from two. Yeah. So <laughs> he, not uh, again, not doing this again. He did very, very well uh, coming off the bench. And the ball was distributed a little bit more uh, than some of the earlier games this season. I kind of complained about Kobe taking uh, or having to kind of carry too many of the, too much of the point. Uh, God, Matt, I'm so fucked up and tired. I complained earlier this season about Kobe shouldering a little too much of the offensive workload. So the ball got around a little bit more. Still getting a little frustrated at uh, Keiston Willis for not hitting nearly as many threes as he should be. Yeah, that was a Willis is a problem. It was a problem all week. The Sanford game, mm-hmm. Willis hit three of nine as well as against Alabama A&M and then against UT Southern, which is granted a game we didn't really need him that badly in. He was five of twelve, which is better, but still larger sample size. Yeah, and you can understand having a game being off, but it feels like all the games have been kind of off. Yeah, it sucks. I yeah. griped. I griped a lot about him last season too. Kind of thought he was a liability. Uh, so if he can contribute in other ways, uh, that would be nice. But he only had one assist. He uh, led the team in rebounds, which is a bit oddballish for your. Uh, for your guard to be out there out rebounding everybody, but kind of a liability again this season so far, but only went in by five. I uh, didn't really impugn the, uh, the Bulldogs ability to still string together some other wins. Yeah. I think, I think the main takeaway from that game for me is too many turnovers. Um, really this whole trip, there were, there were a lot of turnovers um, 23 in this game against Alabama A&M, which just, you know, again, like, like I said last week, I think it was the ULM game, you know, against better opponents, you're not going to win a game with 23 turnovers. So that's kind of how you let uh, Alabama and A&M stay in the game. You give them a bunch of second chance points or points off turnovers. They had 18 um, in this game. So, you know, you clean some of that up and you're winning this game by double digits easy there on the road. So, but yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing too, too much to be concerned about here. How about well, the Stanford game, though? Okay, so the Stanford game was fun to watch. Also, shout out Stanford losing to Tennessee Southern by two. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Stanford lost to Tennessee Southern by what two is... wow. uh, on Sunday. They lost. They were 6-0 and heading into the Tech game. And now they've lost oh, we two in a row. We broke them. Yeah. yeah. The wow. t- uh, the, the, yeah, they, they lost to UTS. Uh, not UTSA. UTS. Uh, the Sanford game was fun. I love close games at what I thought was a very good Sanford team going up against our Bulldogs. Uh, but this was a fun game to watch. And the bench contributed with a whopping 15 points. Uh, I mean, the, the, the oh. overwhelming scoring responsibility was on Kobe and Crawford. Uh, but it didn't matter. Uh, Tech won. I just I worry about those things I just brought up going forward. Yeah, it was an interesting game, like you said, and it's a fun uh, win probability chart to kind of look at. It's very entrancing. It looks like a roller coaster I actually want to ride on. Uh, because in the first half, after things get going a little bit, game tied at nine. Tech goes on a twenty-two to three run, and then Samford answers with a twenty-three to three run into halftime 
Tech Tech leaves the half with a 19-2 run back and forth, and then Samford makes things interesting at the end of the game with a 17-3 run. It, just a back and forth. Yeah. One team would go cold. The other team would go hot. Uh, Matt, like you said, there are several players on Tech's teams that just had a cold night the whole night. There are also other players that, even when they were on, they just weren't on at the right times to stop a run by the other Bulldogs from Samford. It makes me wonder. It just Tech looks so dominant early on, and you're right. Samford would then look dominant back and forth, back and forth. Uh, but uh, that that level of dominance I, I've seen, and then of course Tech destroyed Tennessee Southern. But uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff I really like to see. Is you know go go be dominant. Uh, where I get a little worried is the uh, lack of bo- lack of ball movement and uh, the fact that we let up so many of those runs because I don't like. I don't like the roller coaster score, uh, the uh, probability chart. <laughs> That's fun to look at. Yeah, it's less fun yeah. to actually witness. What's even less fun to witness was the end of this game and the free throw shooting. Oh, oh God. Uh, seven seconds left. There's a foul on a Sanford player. Kobe misses both free throws. Tech gets an offense. He gets his own yeah, rebound. Which we're, we're up by two, right? We're up by at two this at this point. Yeah. Another So Kobe Williams gets his own rebound, gets fouled with four seconds left, misses the first rebound, makes the second. Then Sanford turns the ball over. Keiston Willis is fouled. So Tech is now up by three with one second left. Not that this one matters as much, but you could put it away in some sort of weird buzzer beater backcourt shot. Instead, Keiston Willis misses both of his free throws. And Tech wins this game by three, but it should have been by seven or eight or nine instead of being this close at the very end. Just you, we have to be able to close these things out because we got extremely lucky in this game. That won't happen in the future. Nope, no, we'll not. Yeah, I mean, Kobe's on one right now, but we can't count on him to no put the team on his back and carry us all the way to the dance. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think my biggest takeaway is I guess one month into this season and one month into the Hester era, we talk about defense a lot, but right now this team's actually really bad defensively we're ranked 306th in effective field goal percentage defensively um in ken palm which is you know almost as low as you can be so uh, we're allowing a 54.8 percent effective field goal percentage but with that being said we're forcing turnovers at the 15th highest rate in the nation so you know it's it's kind of feast or famine for us like we're either getting a turnover or they're scoring offensively we're scoring at a pretty good clip we're 40th in effective field goal percent but turning the ball over at the 343rd uh so both of those two statistical categories wow. the effective <laughs> field good. goal percentage and then the turnover percentage are pretty much flip-flopped right now like we're good yeah. on offense and bad on defense and then bad on offense and good on defense and in those respectively. So I'd like to see some of that stuff even out, um, you know, when we get into conference play and you know, maybe we'll fall a little bit offensively, but we got to get the turnovers cleaned up for sure. And, uh, and got to figure out how to stop teams from scoring, you know, like it, it can't just be force a turnover or let them score a bucket. Yeah. What's interesting <laughs> about those turnovers is that if you look at what steals and what aren't steals tech forces, steals, pretty well but it's when they're able to force turnovers on defense that aren't steals it's confusing but when you force the other team to throw the ball out of bounds or you force a bad play or a trap or whatever they're sixth best in the country at non-steal turnovers so harp on the the shot blocking ability or the the forcing bad shots 
um, and things like that. But this team is able to force bad passes, and that's what usually end up as those non-steal turnovers. So just if we only make them pass the ball to the rim rather than shooting it, I think we'll be okay. That was a joke. No one laughed, so it wasn't very funny. Next, Tech plays Southern. <laughs> you can input like a laugh track. Oh, yeah, I can, put a laugh. I can do that. I don't know why I do that more often. <laughs> put a laugh track well, behind everything it's, I said. Uh, that game's on the second, and it's on ESPN Plus, I think, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. The yeah. Southern Jaguars are 3-4 and four on the year so far, uh, losing to teams like UNLV, Arizona, and St. Mary's. Oof, that's a rough opening stretch to their season. St. Mary's also lost good. St. Mary's is 25, Arizona's 10th. I mean, these are good teams that they played. Yeah. Um, they also lost to Nebraska-Omaha. Yikes. Uh, but they were able to beat Cal, Loyola of Maryland, and Champion Christian, which is a school I don't have to look up because that sounds like fun. Shout out uh, University of Nebraska in Omaha, a.k.a. Uno. I've driven by that campus several times when I visited Omaha. The Champion Christian College is in Hot, hot Springs, Springs, Arkansas. Arkansas. Bromaha, am I right? Shout out Hot Springs. I like Hot Springs, Arkansas. Maybe we should go play there. Yeah, a, a team that Tech should be able to beat. Uh, Tech has an 80% chance to win this game, predicted by Ken Palm. A 79-70 to 70 final score predicted. Really, I'd hope for... Not allowing yeah, 70 points to a team like this. But, yeah, Evan, is there anyone on this team that we can keep an eye out on? Let's see. Yeah, it looks like their shooting guard, Bryson ATN, is uh, going to be the the player to watch. He kind of makes their offense run. Gets used on uh, 26% of all their possessions um, and takes 33% of all their shots. So uh, definitely need to look out for him. They don't have a lot of size, uh, Southern. It looks like uh, their tallest fella is 6'9". And I'm not sure he's nice. I'm not really okay. I'm not really sure he's playing very much. Uh, it looks like he's averaging about ten minutes a game, but they don't have a lot of size. Which we're not really scoring a lot of points in the paint, are we? Not as much as last year, I don't think. But yeah, yeah. kind of hard to do that. Like we said, Ken uh, predicting Tech to win this game, ranked 225th right now. Tech is somewhere in the 100s, uh, 129th, 128. I believe, 128. Uh, how do we see this game going? Do we think that Tech is able to take down the Jaguars? I think it's either oh, yeah. going to be a blowout Next. or really close. Nah, t- I think and nothing in between. They'll win by 15 or 20. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, let's see. I think Tech is a better team, but Tech going Tech it. So I think Tech wins by like six. Yeah, Ken Palm's got it at 79-70. Tech win uh, with an 80% chance. I think that, that seems right. I'd love to see us hold them to a little bit of a lower score. So I'll go ahead and say, I'll say 80 to 65 tech wins. I'll also say that Southern scores 65, but I'll say that tech scores 72. So it's a little bit closer, but it's more of a defensive battle than uh, what the computer poll thinks. But that wasn't the only hoops happening this week. I think I used the wrong word to start the sentence, but either way, the women's team also played this week. Evan, how they do in Vegas? They did, they did pretty well. I mean, they won their opening game over Stetson, um, 73 to Hand, 50. Yeah, handedly. Yeah. Uh, then they lost pretty much equally handedly against yeah, Illinois State, 70 to 53 on Friday yeah, yeah. or Saturday, maybe. Saturday. And then that set up a third place match in the tournament against George Washington, which they won 71 to 52. So pretty much, yeah, pretty much just blowout. Wins or losses, I guess. Man, George Washington um, got fucked. Yeah, well, it's one guy. 
I think I used that joke last week, he's, but he's also been Washington. dead for a long time. So um, he's been dead for two hundred and twenty. Oh no. So yeah, I mean, my my real takeaways from these games is that when Anwar Roberson and Keona Walker are scoring, this team is going to be really hard to beat. When they're not, this team's going to be pretty easy to beat. Um, in their two wins, the conference all conference caliber duo scored thirty seven and thirty five points together. And then in the in the loss, they scored only 11 points. So um, I think a lot of that was due to foul trouble, if I'm reading the the log correctly. But uh, yeah, they just couldn't get it going. Um, really, nobody could in that Illinois State game. But, you know, it's it's kind of the same story as last year. You know, if, if we're not going to get any scoring outside of them, it's it's not going to be a good season. So we will uh, we'll definitely need to see some more out of the rest of this bench for sure. But Gabby Green, really the only player in that Illinois State loss that could get anything going. She was 11 points in 13 minutes and shot 75% for the field. So I thought overall, 2-1 and one over the weekend, not bad. I was, I was pretty pleased with the way this all went. Well, you know who might be unhappy in the coming weeks? Let's go to this week's Tweet of the Week, and that could be UAB fans, depending on who they hire as their new coach. Oh, baby. Evan, oh, man. I'm what's this week's Tweet of the Week? die when it's Skip. <laughs> uh, I guess one last ride with our... Well, no, we still have basketball season to go, but um, one last ride here with our boy Charmillionaire. He says, if I were UAB, I'd hire Bill Clark. So <laughs> That's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, Bill Clark, the former coach who retired at the beginning of the year, leaving the job to Bryant Vincent. Right now, there's talk that UAB is talking to Skip Holtz to become their next head coach. The players Please. have like Please. signed things saying they'll all quit if they don't retain Bryant Vincent. Please. So who knows what will happen, but Skip Holtz to UAB sounds funny. It says they narrowed it down to Brian, it says Brian Vincent, Skip Holtz, Kurt Signetti, Tom Herman, and Kane Womack. Well, Tom also... Herman's seen our team, so. I mean, <laughs> on, the, on the broadcast, Tom Herman was hyping up uh, Brian Vincent, so, you know. I also see a tweet. A <laughs> they put the guy who was interviewing for the job on the assignment to call the game of the team. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> PowerPoint. Someone also says that a possibility for the UAB job is former NFL QB Trent Dilfer, who is currently head coach at Lipscomb Academy in Nashville and has never coached in college. Well, no, that I would like to see. Can, can we get that guy Jeff? from Southern Messi a few years back? You can hire Jeff Saturday to coach an NFL team. Hardly any coaching experience. Sure, why not? Well, they play on Sundays, so it's okay. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Flees and Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or check out our website, gtpdd.dog, or our Instagram, gtpdd.dog. It's the same thing. While you're on the site, though, you can go to the shop, shop, where you can not only buy this month's shirt of the month, if it's not yet December 3rd, you can buy all the shirts of the month. And some of them also come back as sweaters. And also, if you use the code CEMONDAY, you can get 15% off your purchase of two or more items. So if you've been eyeing or have eyed in the past one of those shirts... You should get it now because they are cheaper, and that's when you should buy things. I really like the indigo blue on the sweatshirts. I, I know it wasn't something that was on purpose, but I really like the way those turned out. So yeah, you should get one of those, or actually you should get two of them to get them for cheaper. 
gtpdd.dog/shop. You should also buy sunflower seeds. Evan, you want to shill for our sunflower seeds? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm my seed. Our seed. Yeah. Um, our collective he- seed. Head over to uh, chinookseedery.com and use our code GOTEC to get 10% off all your sunflower seed needs. Um, you know, baseball season's coming our up here in a little bit. Sneeds. Yes, oh, man. <laughs> sunflower sneeds. Baseball season's coming up. If you if you play baseball, if you watch baseball, hey, eat some seeds. There you go. That's my that's my pitch. They don't make you better at baseball, but you will feel more like a good baseball player if you have that's sunflower true. seeds. You know, I've never been a sunflower seed person, but like these are these are really good. <laughs> they taste really good. good. They are they are indeed very good. Buy some seeds. Buy some shirts. And seeds and shirts and seeds and shirts. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. I'm Courtney. And go tech. Please don't die. For the love of God. Because my God, guys, we have the worst <laughs> rushing defense in the NCAA FBS. No, that's not bad. true. That's not true. We had the second worst. Second worst. Colorado somehow still passes up. Even well, though they lost the the there's just like 11 Buffaloes oh. on the field. That they're <laughs> probably that would have been probably had be better, better than our defense. I mean, Coach Coach Prime's going to go in there and turn that thing around. But You have yeah. a higher opinion of Coach, Coach Prime <laughs> than I have. I love Coach Prime.